Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together here. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for allowing us to lift up your name in praise. Thank you for giving us your word, this infallible word, never changing, ever true. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit here to fill this place, to fill us with your presence. Move Holy Spirit among us this morning, as you've already been doing. Fill us each to overflowing with your love, with your peace, with your comfort, with your healing for our brokenness. Give us understanding and clarity. Give us wisdom and discernment. Guide and direct my thoughts and my words. May they be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. I better start where I didn't leave off last week, and that was uh, with a little sheet that looked like <clears throat> this, because I had not stepped down off of this platform last week, and I started having people come up and say, what about this sheet, what about this sheet, what about this sheet? Uh, and I completely forgot about it, that's what about it. Uh, I wanted you to use this sheet last week, and we could use it any week, so we'll just start with it this week. Uh, I've, it's not my original idea, it's, it comes from a fellow named Henry Blackaby. And Henry Blackaby was a, I guess still is, a Baptist minister. He wrote a wonderful, absolutely life-changing Bible study that I hope we will be able to do here as, as small groups within this congregation next fall sometime called Experiencing God. It's not, a, not an easy thing to do. It's going to take some work on your parts, but I promise you, your life will be transformed as you do it. And one of the exercises that Blackaby has us do, and I remember it as clearly as, as I'm standing here right now, is called spiritual mile markers. And he has you to draw out. The idea is that we can't, we can't figure that God's ever, ever been present in our lives. He's just, he's just created us and thrown us out there by ourselves and, and just left us to fend for ourselves. And nothing could be further from the truth. And he says, remember a time in your life when you had a critical decision to make. Kind of a crossroads in your life, if you will. You had a decision to make, and you could have gone this way, or you could have gone this way. And that's what this would represent, the, the line at the top. That's your, as far back as you can remember, far back. It may be, uh, I don't know where we'll win. It may be, uh, oh, there he is, hi. It may be a decision to join the National Guard. Hmm. And you either said yes or no. Well, what came out of that? I mean, you got. Will can't write these down right now because it has to be 
far enough in the, in the, in the past that you can say, okay, well, I, I made this decision, and because of that decision, it took me to this crossroad. So you draw another line. And at that crossroad, I had two choices, and I took this one. And it took me to this decision. And write out your little uh, road uh, when you're sitting spiritual markers. Just do this on your own time sometime uh, when you're sitting at home. Maybe, maybe your quiet time or your study time or, or when you're just pondering. You'll be amazed to see how God has worked in your life already. And you can look at this and say, man, God has been working and loving me and guiding me and directing me virtually my entire life, and I didn't realize it. Thank you, God. Thank you for showing me the way to go. Because what I realized was I thought I had made those decisions, and then I realized later on I didn't make those decisions. God made those decisions for me. You know? I just kind of chose the way that He wanted me to go. And thank goodness I did. So... That's what the spiritual marker sheet is about. Don't come up here after the service and tell me I didn't tell you about them. Okay? All right. Now we're going to get serious. Well, kind of serious. Kind of serious. I want to talk to you a little bit about the difference in celebrities and heroes. Did you know that there's a difference in celebrities and heroes? Was that funny? Oh, okay. It would be like the difference in Madonna and Mother Teresa. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or the difference in Arnold Schwarzenegger and Norman Schwarzkopf. Or the difference in Billy Idol and Billy Graham. Yeah, I thought that might get... Some of these people are saying, Billy Idol? Uh, the difference in Stephen King and Martin Luther King. Celebrity and hero. What makes the difference between a celebrity and a hero. Is it talent? No, it's not talent. They can both have talent, or they can both not have talent. Would you agree? Is it intelligence? Well, both heroes and celebrities could have great intelligence, or they could have Limited intelligence. That wouldn't matter. Is it persistence? I would say that in both cases, they probably have persistence. Celebrities and heroes both. But one of them is just famous. And the other one has made sacrifices for other people. That's the difference that I see in the two. 
The difference lies in the area of sacrifice. A lot of people will make sacrifices for themselves. We're quick to do that. They'll, They'll sacrifice for personal gain. They'll sacrifice for their own goals that they have in life. They'll sacrifice in order to build their uh, own personal business. They'll sacrifice to become a pro athlete or a great musician or a renowned doctor. No one gets to the Olympics or to play pro football without a tremendous amount of sacrifice in their lives. To be number one in your field of expertise always takes a great amount of sacrifice. But a lot of people make sacrifice, but they do it basically for their own goals, for their own reasons. And I believe, I know, that deep inside each of us, there's a desire to make our lives count. That's why in Alpha we ask that question, is there more to life than than this? Surely there's got to be more to life than this. The desire is down inside of you because God made you that way. He created you that way. God made you to give yourself away. Did you know that? He created you to give yourself away. Many people spend their entire lives frustrated. And you may be one of those people sitting here today, frustrated, trying to find out, what should I do with my life? This is awful. And the reason is they don't realize that God created them to give themselves away. And that's where the fulfillment comes. We think fulfillment comes from personal gratification. But it doesn't. If it did, think about it. The wealthiest people in the world would be the happiest people in the world, wouldn't it? Wouldn't they? They can gratify every whim that they have with money. And we know that's simply not true. The the wealthiest people are often the most miserable people in the world. What is it that gives gratification? What is it that gives significance to our lives? What is it that gives a feeling of meaning and purpose to our lives? It's when you give your life away. God created you, God created me to give our lives away. The Bible calls that ministry or service. And the catch is this, and there is a catch. God gives you, God gives me, a choice. He gives us a choice. He doesn't force you to give your life away in helping other people. He won't force you to encourage other people. 
He won't force you to give your life away using your talents to bless other people. He won't force you to go to Costa Rica. If you want to, you can live a totally self-centered, selfish life and be a little simple, egotistical clod on this earth. And sadly, many people do just that. And you know some of them. And God will give you that choice. If you want to, you can live a very self-centered life. He's going to let you do it. But you'll miss out if you do that on the greatest blessing that life has to offer. You see, you were created to serve God. And when you do that, it's the greatest thrill of life. It's the secret to significance. It's the key to happiness. It's being what God made you to be in the first place. But hear me again, it is a choice on your part. Romans 6.13 from the Living Bible says it this way. Give yourselves completely to God. Every part of you, you want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for His good purposes. And I think that verse tells us at least three things. First of all, God wants to use you for His purposes. Why? Well, I don't know. But He wants to use you, and He wants to use me. Maybe He's just dumb. But He's chosen to use you and me. What could we possibly do for God? Number two, you can be a tool in the hands of God to make a difference in this world. Have you ever thought of yourself as an instrument, as a vessel, as a tool in the hands of God to make a difference? That's what the people going to Costa Rica hope to do. God wants to use you each one of you, you don't have to go to Costa Rica. He has a unique assignment, a life mission, and a ministry for you. And it's a, a ministry, a mission, a service that nobody else on the face of this earth can fulfill. Only you. Only you can do it. And number three, being used by God requires sacrifice. In order to be used by God, in order to fulfill His purpose, there are some things that you're going to have to give up. Hot showers is one of them. 
But I was so happy that all they had was cold water in Costa Rica. I took three showers a day. Yeah. Because it was so hot there that by the time you get out of the shower and put on a fresh set of clothes, they're soaking wet. Hmm. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you? Are you? If all that's not true, if Jesus really wasn't who he said he was, and he really didn't come and die on the cross for my sins and for your sins, and offer eternal life in heaven, and do all of those things that we read about in this book, if that's not true, we ought to just close up shop right now, go home, pop open a beer, and watch whatever's on TV. Be a whole lot more enjoyable. On the other hand, on the other hand, if Jesus is who he says he is, and he came down from heaven, and he died for me, and he died for you with the ultimate sacrifice, then I owe my entire life, you owe your entire life, I owe my allegiance, all of it, to Him. That's it. That's it. What we're talking about here is a life of sacrifice. Not a one-time sacrifice, but a life of sacrifice. It truly is that important. A life of sacrifice. C.S. Lewis once said this. The only thing that Christianity cannot be is moderately important. It can't just be lukewarm. You can't just take it or leave it. It's either true, all of it's true, or it's not true. Every bit of it's false. Take your pick. You make the choice. There's no in-between. Why in the world should somebody want to live a life of sacrifice? Why would they? Why would I sacrifice my own plans, my own ambitions, my own dreams, my own desires, my own goals for God's purpose for my life? I mean, I've got my own purpose for my life, don't I? By the way, that didn't work out too well. There's three things, three reasons. First of all, because God sacrificed for you. God sacrificed for you. He's already done it. He already did the thing. The ultimate example of sacrifice is when God sent His own Son, Jesus who left heaven, 
came to earth, went through that torturous trial, died a naked death on the cross as a criminal for you. And no one will ever sacrifice more for you than Jesus already has. God loves you that much. You ask how much He loves you, that's how much He loves you. That kind of love is incomprehensible to us. Absolutely incomprehensible. Francis Chan, uh, one of our modern-day contemporary pastors, said it this way, True love requires sacrifice. I think I put that on the front of your handout. True love requires sacrifice. You cannot love somebody... You cannot love God without sacrificing. You have to sacrifice. It takes a sacrifice of time. It takes a sacrifice of energy. Sometimes it takes a sacrifice of money in order to love. And if you can show me how I can love without sacrificing time or energy or money. I'll go over there and sign up right now. Show me. I'll put my name on the dotted line. But it can't be done. I'm telling you it can't be done. True love always requires sacrifice. And that's a secret of good marriages too. The secret of a successful marriage is both the husband and the wife must continually, not one time, continually and intentionally make small and large sacrifices for each other. Let me read that to you again. The secret of a successful marriage is both husband and wife must continually and intentionally make small and large sacrifices for each other. There's never a marriage problem in that kind of marriage. There's never a power struggle in that kind of marriage. That's what real love is. And by golly, before, before I leave this place, y'all are going to know this next little thing here. Because this may be the hundredth time I put it on your handout. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. That is so important. You can give without loving. Anybody can give but you can't love without also giving. That's the essence of love. God so loved, so He gave. God's already done it for you. Hebrews 9.26 from the New Century Version says, Christ came to take away all sin by sacrificing Himself. Why? Because we need to learn to sacrifice. None of us. None of us is born 
knowing how to sacrifice or why we should sacrifice or want to sacrifice. It's something we have to learn to do. Ephesians 5, 2 says, Live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. If you want to learn to love, uh, if you want to learn to be like Jesus Christ, to be Christ-like, <clears throat> you're going to have to learn to sacrifice. That's a part of Christ-likeness. If you have no sacrifice in your life right now, there's no love in your life right now. An unsacrificial life is an unloving life because sacrificing is the essence of love. Giving it all up for the benefit of somebody else and I would add without expecting anything in return for it. Without expecting anything. Love is not getting Love is giving. We learn to sacrifice for God's purposes because He did it for us. Number two, because sacrifice is what you were made to do. That's what you were created to do. You were made to live for God's purposes, not for your own purposes. Surprise! The sooner you understand that, the sooner you cooperate with it, the sooner the stress level is going to go down in your life. The sooner the frustration level is going to go down in your life. Because you get frustrated and you get stressed out when you start trying to live your plan instead of Asking God what His plan is and living it. What's His will for your life? Ephesians 2.10 from the Living Bible says this, It is God Himself who made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ago, before the foundations of the earth, He planned that we should spend these lives in helping others he planned that out that's what we were supposed to do help others those good works were to help other people notice that God has a plan and a purpose for your life you've been wondering what, what you're here for that's what you're here for he's got a plan for your life and that plan involves ministry, service, helping other people. God put you here to benefit others, not to benefit yourself. Wow, that takes that. If we could just get that across to ourselves, I'm not here to help me, I'm here to help other people. Okay, you want to go home now? That's a good point. I'm not here to help me. I'm here to help 
other people. Have you ever tried to use something for a purpose that it wasn't intended to be used for? Have you? Like trying to use a knife when you needed a screwdriver. How'd that work out? What happens when you try to use something for a purpose it wasn't created for? You get frustrated. Keep slipping out of that Phillips head screw, doesn't it? That's true in your life. When you try to live a life for a purpose other than that for which you were created, there's always going to be frustration. It's inevitable. It's always, always, always going to happen. When you try to live in a way that God didn't intend for you to live your life, it brings enormous stress and problems and difficulties and failures and addictions and all kinds of things into your life. It's like trying to screw in a screw with a knife instead of a screwdriver. It just wasn't made for that purpose. And God set up this whole universe with, with, a, with a system of basic principles. And one of, those, one of the reasons that he sets it up with those basic principles is because he wants you and he wants me to become like him. We're to become God-like, godly, Christ-like, whatever you want to call it. And one of the principles that he set up is this. So simple. You get by giving. I had to dig real deep for that one. You get by giving. That's one of the universal universal principles of life. You get by giving. Whatever you give out, you get back. What you sow, you're going to reap. The way to get is give away. And why did God set that universal principle? Because that's the way He is. God is a giver. He's generous. And He wants you to learn to be generous also. He rewards generosity. Matthew 10.39 from the New Century Version says this. Jesus said, Those who try to hold on to their lives will give up true life. But those who give up their lives for me will hold on to true life. The missionary Jim Elliott said it this way. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Fulfillment does not come from self-gratification. You got that? It comes from serving others. It comes from giving your life away. It comes from being what God intended for you to be in the first place. Not what you decided you wanted to be, 
but what God intended for you to be. If you're, if you're not too happy these days, and some of you may, well, I can look at your faces and tell you're not too happy. Maybe it's because of... If you're not too happy these days, let me give you a little advice. Stop looking for happiness. Stop looking for it. Don't make happiness a goal. Happiness is not a goal in life. Whoever said happiness in life is a goal. Happiness is like a butterfly. The more you try to chase happiness, the more it's going to fly away. Happiness is not a goal in life. Happiness is a byproduct of being what God made you to be in the first place. That's what happiness is. When you focus on being what God made you to be, guess what? You're going to be happy. I promise you. Focus on what He made you to be. And all of a sudden... You're looking at the world in 3D technicolor. You'd be happier than you ever thought you could be. You see, the happiest place is not Disney World. The happiest place to be is directly in the center of God's will for your life. Being who God made you to be. That's the happiest place. So why do you sacrifice for God's purposes? Because he already did it for you. Because it's what you were made to be in the first place. And number three, because God will reward you. Did you ever feel... Did you ever feel unappreciated for doing the right thing? Anybody ever feel that way? You do the right thing and nobody appreciates it. Do you ever feel unappreciated for helping other people and then they don't thank you for it? In fact, maybe they just ignore you or don't even notice you. And you start saying, well, why even bother? What's the use? Why make the effort? Nobody cares. Nobody even notices. You go to work and look around at the other employees and you say, nobody else here is sacrificing. Why should I? They take longer coffee breaks than I do. They're getting by on the minimum of everything. Why in the world should I sacrifice when nobody else is worried about sacrificing? Or ladies, you put all this work into your home and say, my husband and my kids don't even notice it. They don't even notice how much effort I put into the house to make it a safe, clean, nice place for our family. Why should I even make the effort? I work all day and I'm, 
I'm taken for granted. Nobody notices what I do. Let me tell you, God notices. God notices. And He is remembering and He is going to reward even the little sacrifices that you never get thanked for. Hebrews 6.10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown Him as you have helped His people and continue to help them. He, has, he says when you sacrifice to help other people, that's showing your love for God. If you sacrifice to help someone else that's in need or uh, you know, somebody, somebody's sick and they can't get out and you offer to go to the grocery store for them and pick up milk and bread. Little thing. And they don't say thank you. They don't pay you for it. Well, that's a fine how do you do. God notices. When you help other people, God calls that ministry. God calls it service. And when you minister to others, when you serve others, God says, that's expressing your love to me. Mark 10, 29 through 30 from the Living Bible says, this is Jesus talking, he says, let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything. Homes, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or property. For love of me and to tell others the good news, who won't be given back a hundred times over and shall have eternal life. I would add on there, to boot. He says, whatever you give up in service, time, energy, money, God says, I'm going to restore it a hundredfold. Now, I told you I was in the 11th grade for 11 years. But I think that's about 10,000% return. That's a pretty good return on your investment. Do you know any bank around that's given rates like that? A hundredfold. Well, George, do you mean if, if I give a minute of my time, God's going to restore it a hundredfold? Yes, that's what it says. He even made the sun stand still for Joshua for an entire day. I mean, I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to give you your time back and energy and effort and talent. He says a hundredfold. He means a hundredfold. Ten thousand percent. You can't outgive God. And when you start trying to bless other people, God says, hey, why don't you and I play a little game? Why don't you and me just play this little game? 
Let's see who can bless the other person the most. <laughs> Let's see. So many of you sitting here right now can give testimonies. I, 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 we ought to have a Sunday morning where that's all we do is just give testimonies. That would be well worth our time. Testimonies of how you started serving in a ministry and got more blessed in return, found more time, had more energy in your life by being involved in the lives of others. Whatever you give away, you get more of it back. Why do you sacrifice for God's purpose? He sacrificed first for you. You were made to sacrifice for others. And God will reward you for sacrificing. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word again. Never changing. Always true. I thank you that you set the pattern for us to follow in terms of sacrificing. And you don't re require uh, these things. You give us a choice. But oh, with that choice comes such a blessing. And many of us here, so many of us here have launched into that time of service or ministry only to find how blessed we have been when we thought we were going to bless someone else. We can't outgive you, Lord. We can't possibly outgive you. Thank you for working in our lives. Lord, I just pray that you would uh, perhaps on 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 connect cards or, or by word of mouth after the service today or telephone call or email or whatever, you would have people contact us uh, concerning their testimonies about service and how service has literally changed their lives, transformed their lives, blessed them in ways that they couldn't imagine. Thank you for allowing us to serve you by serving others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.